HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Just Egg. You can't have plant-based breakfast without a plant-based egg. You can get started with a free sample. Just head to ju.st slash hrn. This week on Meet and 3, we're jumping into a world filled with fizz, iridescence, and deliciousness. We're talking about bubbles. It came from the air gas truck. Yeah, no, I never thought about it before that. And I think it's emerged as a bulbous tea shops, a site of Asian American youth uh, identity building. We're called the invisible industry because these products you don't really see, but they're around us in every way, um, every day. Listen to Meet and 3 wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Allison Kane, and welcome to In the Sauce, a podcast about building consumer brands from the ground up. I love doing this show because I get to interview everyone from production gurus to marketing and social media mavens, anyone who can guide me on this crazy journey. This is the story of building Haven's Kitchen sauces, but it's also the story of every growing brand because we're all in the sauce. Hi, I'm Courtney Becerra. Brand Director at Haven's Kitchen, and I'm here with Marissa Dobbins, our General Hi, Manager. Annie. Hi, Allie is on vacation this week, so we're using this episode of In the Sauce to talk smack about her. <laughs> Just kidding. But we are going to take this hour to talk about what we do at Haven's Kitchen, how the past few years have been for us, not as founders, but as people who work intimately with one. So... Wanted to welcome Marissa. How I'm are great, you? I'm great, Courtney. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy, Happy Monday. Monday. You had a pretty big weekend. I did. I did. I got um, a puppy. We adopted a, a four-month-old Ooh. shepherd over the weekend. Her name is Tabitha. Uh, so if you hear any little growls or a little uh, <laughs> whimper, bear with me. Between Marissa and I, we have a bit of a zoo. We each have two cats. Um, so yep. five in total. It's a lot. They've been napping all day until this uh, moment. They are, they are now surrounding me. <laughs> they know it's important. So they're here. Yeah. They, yeah, they they're do. here they to participate. <laughs> they have a lot to say about Haven's Kitchen. <laughs> um, so Marissa, let's just dive right in. So talk to me a little bit about your role at Haven's Kitchen and, uh, like what the journey that brought you to us. What, what, what a like journey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm currently the general manager for Haven's Kitchen, uh, which means that I oversee sales, operations, finance, a little bit of gen ops as well. Um, how did I get here? Well, Courtney, uh, you and I know each other from our previous roles. Um, so before yeah. joining Haven's Kitchen... Um, I was at an online grocer here in New York for about six years. Um, before that, <clears throat> I actually worked at NBC. Um, that's actually what brought me here to New York. I started as um, a merchandise assistant for the buyers at the NBC Experience Store, and we created product based on TV shows. So things like the office bobbleheads, 
or oh. Troy and Abed in the morning mugs from Community oh, <laughs> claims <fun>. to fame. <laughs> um, and yeah, I really, I, after spending um, about five years at NBC, I really wanted to get into food. Um, I watched way too many food documentaries and was reading uh, a lot of Michael Pollan books and wanted to, you know, participate in the disruption of the food ecosystem in some way and um, landed at, at Fresh Direct here in New York, um, which, you know, again, is how we met. Um, yeah. My former mo- yes. manager, boss, <laughs> taught me everything I know. <laughs> Let's talk more about that. <laughs> I know. I <laughs> Did you always, when you, what did you want to be when you were a, a kid, by the way? Ooh, you, like, um, oh yeah, no, I, um, I wanted to be, um, Scully from the X-Files. Ah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, forensic psychologist, real cool cat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to be Olivia yeah, yeah. Benson, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> It's like, I just thought that when I grew up, I was going to wear a trench right. coat and like walk the streets of Manhattan. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and look at us naturally. now. <laughs> um, <right? laughs> Started from the bottom. Yeah. Now we're here. <laughs> um, so yeah. So uh, fresh direct, what a six years that was, that's yeah, a long time. Yeah. I, um, I, I was working for a couple of different departments there. I, I started in produce and, and more sort of a supporting administrative role. Um, and I think the, you know, the, the cool thing about working at a company like that was that you really got a lot of exposure to other departments. Like there's a lot of kind of sharing of food and a lot of kind of communal gathering spaces there. Mm Um, and yeah, I, I moved from, um, that supportive role to sort of, uh, an associate merchant role, uh, for dairy and, um, over the years, uh, took on more and more responsibility. And when I left, I had been overseeing, um, the grocery frozen and dairy departments, um, and had, um, sort of a team of buyers and really my, my role there was kind of a lot of vendor management. So working with brands mm-hmm. like Haven's Kitchen, um, yeah. assortment, pricing, promotional management, um, really sort of keeping the, the Fresh Direct kind of mission um, alive, but also a lot of kind of financial responsibility in that as well. And team management responsibility. Yeah. So, Yeah, I mean, so remind me, when I first started at Fresh Direct, you were managing dairy at the I time. I was right? managing dairy. Yes. And you were brought on as a role to support all of the buyers in the grocery frozen <laughs> dairy department there. Yeah. <laughs> you had memories, no idea what memories. you were getting into. <laughs> oh heck no. I was an eager yeah. beaver. And why oh, remind <laughs> me again, why why fresh direct? How did you end up there? Oh, um, that's a really great question. So, I mean, you yeah. know my story, but uh, for the sake of the podcast, sure. um, I've, I've always had a passion for food. Like everybody will likely say, um, big part of my culture and my family. I was terrible at school. I was terrible at science. So if I wanted a career in culinary, you know, you need to a lot of studying, a lot of science. I was naturally bad at it. Um, but my father owns a bread distribution company Mm. here in Manhattan and I worked for him for a long time. And it was with him that I learned how to run a business. He taught me the importance of treating your customers and your distributors like family and how to have a good working relationship that translates to friendships Mm -hmm. and good service. And it served him well over the last 30 plus years. And I was working for him. I don't know. I was a 20 something year old (laughs) punk who thought she knew it all. Now now you're a 30 something year old punk who thinks she knows it all. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's so true. It's like, you know me. Um, 
<laughs> but one of the things that he always taught me was that, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. indispensable. Um, I needed to work hard. I needed to do a good job. And um, I clearly, like, I carried that with me wherever I went. But I knew um, I loved my father, but I hated mm-hmm. him as a boss. And I wanted, but I wanted to be in the food industry. And um, I got some uh, experience in e right. and ended up applying for Fresh Direct. And that's how I got that role. Um, you know, I really wanted to get my foot in the door outside of my father's mm-hmm. industry or like his sub industry of like the bread business. Uh, and it, it, uh, it led me, it led me to, to Fresh Direct, which is just, uh, I think a fantastic opportunity for me. Like you said, being able to work cross-functionally mm-hmm. in, in a company like Fresh Direct was just such a unique opportunity. And I know you don't really get that very often. And the, cult, the culture, you know, everybody was just so wonderful and everybody was really like, yeah. like a family. Um, so that's, that's what brought me there. And I think I was able to, I think I got promoted mm-hmm. I moved twice in the few years that I was there. Bread. And that's, again... <laughs> You were a rock star. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, but that's the great thing about working at a company like that is that there is a lot of opportunity. Like if you bust yeah. your ass enough and you work hard enough, you can you can grow re- uh, relatively mm-hmm. quickly. There's definitely a lot of work there. Um, but back to you for a second. Um, you know, we're working in a in in a unique environment in a mm-hmm. startup company now virtually. Uh, in the food industry. This is the first time, right? You're on the brand this side. This is the Am first right? time. Yes. Yeah. Can you talk to me a little bit about your challenges, like the hurdles Ooh. that you face? Um, yeah. I mean, I think within the first like month of working at Haven's Kitchen, I was like, oh gosh, I, I put some brands through a lot of stuff <laughs> as a buyer. Um, I think, you know, there's very kind of high expectations from buyers of deliverables from brands. And I think getting sort of a, a peek behind the curtain of everything that is involved and getting a product onto a shelf was really eye-opening for me in a way that I didn't expect. Um, and I think, you know, while Fresh Direct was a smaller sized company when we were there, um, going from a team of, or a company size of say 2000 people, 2,500 people to a company that had four, five was a real shock. (laughs) Um, and Also sort of the, the working environment was also a, a big hurdle for me at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. Working out of a corporate office at the Fresh Direct space where you have very traditional cubicles and conference rooms, you have an IT team who's there to support and provide you with a laptop and a conference line. Um, all of these things that you kind of take for granted as you're going to show up into a workspace and all of these things are going to be there for you coming to Haven's kitchen. And I think because the company was not just a sauce company, it was a cafe and an event space and a cooking Mm -hmm. school. I walked into a beautiful carriage house in Chelsea and was like, (laughs) okay, like, where do I sit? And it was, you know, (laughs) find a couch on the third floor or sit at the bar on the second floor. So I think the physical kind of space of of a startup environment for for me was really challenging. Um, And I think also, you know, I had been at Fresh Direct for so long that I felt like, you know, I could do that job with my eyes closed. Like I, I, I like I had it, you know? Um, and you killed it by the way. Like you, thank you. Now this is my (laughs) turn to be like, brag woman. Um, So coming into a brand new space and meeting new people and feeling like I had to kind of start all over again. I was also coming into a role that was, kind of unfamiliar for me. So I I started at Haven's Kitchen as a director of operations. And Mm -hmm. while I had experience at Fresh Direct 
working with operations because, you know, the role of a buyer at Fresh Direct was to really understand how things kind of move through the facility, how to work directly mm-hmm. with marketing to get your sort of programs on the website. Um, it was really my first experience in a purely operational role. Um, and so I felt very much like, yeah, a lot of sort of stress and, um, and it was all kind of, it was all coming from internal, right? Like, um, Mm -hmm. from the moment I started working at Haven's Kitchen, it has been nothing but, um, supportive and encouraging. I've never Mm -hmm. felt, um, you know, sort of like I didn't belong or that I didn't have enough experience, um, I very much could kind of pull from the experiences I had as a buyer and use sort of my business knowledge to translate that into something that was very much more operationally focused. Yeah, I I don't know why I just remembered. I don't I haven't thought about this, but I remember when um you were applying for the job. I remember you texting me and being like, I don't know. I don't really have yeah, operational like, are you sure experience, I can Courtney. Do this? And I'm like, please. <laughs> I have watched you launch countless <laughs> private brand products, <laughs> analyze categories top to bottom, <laughs> decide packaging. Like, you have more operational experience than anybody that we would bring in. I, in this I remember role. walking away from the interview and just being like, I. Got that locked down. <laughs> I love them. They love me. Let's do this. <laughs> and I was so excited you to get to it. work with you again. <laughs> oh my god! It was it was I think one of the the happiest days in, of like my yeah. professional career to be able to work with you again. And I think and I feel like you and I we talk about this all the time off yeah. offline. Um, but just how how lucky I feel to like. I ref- often refer to you as like my, my professional mm-hmm. soulmate, mm-hmm. you know, I can't imagine yeah. not working with you. And, uh, I remember when I quit fresh direct that the, the hardest part was, mm-hmm. was telling you, you know, and it, I was so heartbroken because I just absolutely love it. Just, I love working with I you. I was so devastated. Much. You know, and I was devastated. <laughs> remember I couldn't even tell no. you in the office I had, to, I had to get you drunk I had to get you to a bar and get you drunk first it was a moment I will not forget it it was really um yeah. I had a really hard time with that because I I mean I think for me like it was a big shift in my career at that point like there was a lot of stuff kind of going on um and I think yeah. you know I, I came to really I came to depend on you for a lot because you, you just constantly over-delivered. Um, and you felt like you were a thing that was kind of like, you were keeping me together. You were keeping the team together. And I just thought like, what am I going to do without Courtney? (laughs) And I couldn't do it. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) I had to leave. Uh, well, I mean, selfishly, I am very happy that you, you joined. Um, and that's very <laughs> sweet of you. And I think, you know, just it, it, it's always like, it's always like heartwarming when I hear you say something like that. You know, I think this just going back to like my experience working mm-hmm. for my dad, he would always tell me, Courtney, nobody mm-hmm. is indispensable. If I die tomorrow, my customers still are going to have to sell yep. 500 breakfast sandwiches in tomorrow's rush and they're going yep. to need bread. And if you don't do your job, then I'm going to have mm-hmm. to find somebody else. And it was just, I mean, don't tell him <laughs> now because he'll never let me hear the end of it. <laughs> but it was one of the best um, pieces of advice that I think I've gotten you know, throughout my career, because it's followed me throughout everything that I've done is that there's always going to be somebody who Mm -hmm. is smarter or more, you know, quote unquote, more prepared or more experienced or better at whatever. So you just have to always bust your ass, put in as much work Mm -hmm. as possible and, and really just, um, be the best that you can be, you know, (laughs) I feel like like a serial (laughs) commercial, but you know, it's, it's kind of the truth. Um, And just, again, like working with you has been, I mean, you've been such a fantastic mentor and friend and um, confidant and 
uh, colleague. <laughs> oh, I, I can go on and on and on. <laughs> um, so, okay. We talked about the challenges. We talked about, uh, um, you know, how you've, you had that culture shift coming into a startup from a more corporate environment. And we talked about how much you love me. So what about your, the job mm. itself at Haven's Kitchen? I know it, you said that it yep. kind of shifted in like the year. How long have you been here now? Since 2019. So it's been two okay. years. Okay. So like, right. Okay. So in like the two years you've been here, your job has yeah. shifted a little bit, but like, what, what do you love about your job? Ooh. Um, I, I pause there because I love so many things. <laughs> do, do you think this is what Ellie imagined this podcast was going to be? Just us gushing about how much we love working at Haven's Kitchen. <laughs> uh, HK Love Fest? You mean so every yeah. day of our jobs? <laughs> um, what do I love about my job? Um, I do love working in a small team environment. Um, I love that I have autonomy to make decisions, um, that my, my experience and my opinion is truly valued. Um, and I can have an impact on team members. I can have an impact on the choices that we make, um, as a group of sort of where we're taking this business. It feels really powerful and wild to think about. Um, you know, one of my favorite parts of my job always is the managing, mentoring of teams. Um, I think I, you know, as a 20 something year old earlier in my career, I sort of questioned my ability to lead and over the years have developed a management style pulled from, you know, various experiences that I've had, um, sort of, uh, sharpened by therapy. (laughs) Um, Amen for therapy. Um, Big shout out to our therapist. therapist. Um, And just, you know, learning how to be a better communicator, a better empathizer, Um, you know, I think that is really fun for me, kind of um, getting to see people grow in their roles, being able to participate in that um, is also really exciting for me. Um, Yeah, I love all those things. (laughs) <laughs> that's beautiful <laughs> and I'm also I'm like also over here like on the verge of tears because I do feel like you have really you've shaped the way that I have gone mm. about in my career and um you've as a manager you have been so supportive and also have put me in my place <laughs> when I've needed it um which has been, you know, sometimes it's quite frequently. <laughs> um, so Marissa, what have uh, been some of the takeaways this past year? We've seen as a company over 500% growth. Yeah. Yeah. Catch your breath. And uh, a lot mm-hmm. has happened in this world. Yeah. Um, what would you say are some of those takeaways? Um, I, th- I think one of the biggest takeaways for me has been sort of getting comfortable with recognizing that with that much growth, it requires um, us and our team members to have sort of ever evolving job descriptions. Like what I was doing two or three months ago is not necessarily what I'm doing now. And it's not always just adding more and more responsibility. It's kind of shifting and changing and taking things away that are just not necessary anymore and focusing on other things. Um, That has been particularly challenging. Working remotely has been really challenging. I think I Mm -hmm. personally, while I am, I almost said I'm introverted. I don't think, thank you therapy. I don't actually think I'm introverted. (laughs) I think, um, but well, I am in the sense that like, um, a lot of kind of socializing and a lot of um, external stimulation can be really draining for me. 
And so on one hand, mm-hmm. working remotely has allowed me to kind of block out all of that excess noise and really kind of focus. Um, but I have really, really missed being in a physical space with people. And while, you know, we've got a bunch of technology that allows us to interact um, over text or over video calls, it removes that sort of walking by somebody's desk to just say like, hey, Courtney, like, can you just, can you take a look at this for a second and give me your opinion? Um, and I'm, I do miss that a lot. Um, I mean, speaking of changes over the past year, you have gone from when I, when I started at Haven's Kitchen, you were focusing on field marketing and in-store demos and merchandising. And we went into 2020 with a big old budget for Whole Foods demos and that got pulled out from under us in March. I would, I'd love (laughs) to sort of unpack a little bit about sort of your journey and what that experience was like, sort of being faced with like, oh, my job is almost completely going away. Like there is no, there's no in-store merchandising at all. There's no demos. Now what? Yeah, that's actually, you, you, you say that and it gives me a little PTSD. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were afraid, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like, so in general, if we back up to like what I, or how I break down like my role of protecting mm. the brand, I'd like to think of myself as like a big ass mm-hmm. Bruto filter. And I think you may, you may also relate to this mm. in a sense. So, um, when Allie comes to us, for example, with a vision or some like big mm-hmm. idea, you know, sometimes they're just yep. random thoughts, you know, she kind of like comes at us with these like cool things, sometimes yep. a little crazy. And our job is to kind of distill that into what ultimately right. becomes our strategy. Yep. And I think the pivot we were forced to make in COVID is a really great example of that. Like you very well explained, I spent months developing this strategy for in, for in store demos and literally overnight Mm -hmm. that was gone. And like most of the world, I, when the pandemic hit, I took it pretty hard. (laughs) You know, we were closing down the brick and mortar, Uh, There were 62 million other things happening at the same time. People were losing their jobs. People were dying. I I don't think anybody Mm -hmm. felt safe. And while I think we all knew on the CPG side of the business, we were relatively quote unquote protected because of the nature of our product being in grocery and panic buying and all of that jazz. I think we knew logically that we were okay but I don't think that there was a rational thought in mm. my mind at all. And I was really scared. And making a total assumption here on like why Allie kind of did what she did, but I'm assuming it was almost like a survival mm-hmm. mode for her. She she just kicked into overdrive. <laughs> yes. And that woman was just like yep. <laughs> dozens of phone calls a day. Courtney, yep. speak to this person. I spoke to this agency. Get on the phone with that person. And I remember being overwhelmed, not with like mm-hmm. what she was saying. I mean, yes, but overwhelmed with everything else that was happening in the world. And Allie was just like throwing these like balls of yep. references and agencies and um, contacts for me to like, figure out what to do with them. And I remember telling her this after the fact, I felt like I was just in a daze catching these balls she was throwing at me and putting them into this metaphorical basket. And I didn't know what to do with the balls at the time, but little by little, I picked back, I picked each one back up and figured out, okay, I need to throw this ball that way. I need to pass this ball off to this person, this ball. I just need to put this to the side for a second. And distilled, like, you know, slowly filtered through everything Mm -hmm. she was throwing at me because, you know, her, she needed to make sure that this business was, was going to be okay. Like that was her job. Her job was to, 
to make sure that we were yep. pivoting on point um, in the yeah. in the right direction. And it, it almost feels like I was like a little toddler mm. on a tricycle, you know, when they don't have the muscles to mm-hmm. get momentum. And I feel like she just kind of, she gave me like a little push yeah. on, on the bottom Help me get some momentum. And like now I feel like a year later, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm a two-wheeler, you know? Yes. Yeah. She gave you that little boost. I mean, um, it very much, it feels like a life ref, right? And, and I think one of the things that yeah. I've learned from her, um, is, you know, you don't necessarily, you don't necessarily have to be an expert at everything, but you do need to know how to sort of leverage your network. And Allie is such a good, um, so good at kind of, um, you know, looking out at her network of people that she's built and being like, I'm not sure if this is relevant, Courtney, but I had this conversation Mm -hmm. with this person. Let me put you in touch to sort of allow, Mm -hmm. allow us to kind of gather the information that we need in order to sort of learn and get better at our jobs, which is like, I'm so thankful for. Yeah. It, it's just such a wonderful quality that she has um, to, to take those resources and give us, almost make us feel empowered to make the right decision. And I think like early, you know, early on at Haven's Kitchen, because operations was so new for me, I very much was, I was calling brands that I had worked with to say, Hey, now I'm doing this. Like, how do I get a refrigerated truck to bring product (laughs) from Brooklyn to South Hackensack, New Jersey? Like I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I mean, I knew a little bit of what I was doing, but, (laughs) but you, you didn't know what you, you didn't know exactly what you needed to do, but you knew what to do in order to get done what, I knew enough to to say, I don't know how to do this. Let me ask somebody who does do that. And I think Mm -hmm. it's funny now because, you know, we've now been in these roles for a couple of years and I think you and I are starting to get calls to say, Hey, I don't know how to do this thing. Courtney, you're an expert. (laughs) You tell me. And I, I mean, I laugh too when people call us, I'm like, am I an expert? I guess I am. Um, I'm still learning things. Um, but (laughs) you know, I know you've had a couple of calls recently with some startup brands, um, who are looking for advice on the marketing side. How do you sort of approach those, those calls or those inquiries? Um, usually like, I also need some (laughs) advice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think, Going back to, again, my experience working mm-hmm. with my dad. Oh, God, if he listens to this episode, I'm never going to hear the end of it. See, everything that I do, 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 do. He was so good to you. <laughs> Verbatim. Um, but basically, one of, one of the things that I, I've learned from him is don't be selfish with mm. your resources and your knowledge and your experience. Always always share, always be willing to support those around you. And it will come back tenfold. And every time, you know, I get a phone call from a brand and I'm like, dad, (laughs) you know, (laughs) they're asking me for advice. Good good girl. Because you have to share Mm -hmm. all of your knowledge. And one of the reasons why I just adore working for Allie is that she has that same, that same mentality of, of information yeah. sharing. So I, I, I always, I always approach those conversations as, uh, what can we learn from each other? How can we mm-hmm. support each other? Because what I've learned, I, you know, on, let's just say on the e, I don't know, digital side of e-com, um, for a sauce brand doesn't apply to a right. chip company. It doesn't, the, the strategy and the metrics don't apply to a chicken nugget, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, like it, they, But if you can at least share like how you were analyzing the Mm -hmm. data or whatnot, I think that there, I have a lot of fun in these conversations in like, what are, so what are you doing and, and how can we brainstorm to figure out what works for you? Um, so they're, they're always a lot of fun, uh, because the reality is like, I, I don't think any of us are truly experts, especially in if like, if, if 2020 showed us anything is that Mm -hmm. we know nothing. We know nothing. We're all just figuring yep. shit out. 
I don't know if I can say <laughs> it, but I already did. And, um, and most brands are in the same boat. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, everybody's yeah, just trying exactly. to figure it out. And we're all trying to lean on each other to, um, to learn and to improve. And it's really challenging. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, (laughs) it's been a journey, you know, it's been, it's been a crazy ride. Um, but I feel like this applies maybe more to marketing than ops. I feel like you might have a heart attack just (laughs) knowing you. And if I say this, but like marketing is a series Mm. of experiments, throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. You want to be calculated and you want to make sure that you, you're, you're not just throwing mm-hmm. random things to the wall, but ultimately, you know, it's, it's, that's what it is, is just figuring out what works. Cause what works for this brand, you know, at this particular time won't work for the same brand right. in two months. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of information sharing. Speaking of information <laughs> sharing, this is a good time maybe for a break to hear from right. our sponsors. Just Egg is now the fastest growing egg brand in the United States. Bring more plant-based consumers in your doors with easy-to-use Just Egg. You can get started with a free sample. Just head to ju.st slash hrn. That's ju.st slash hrn. Made from plants, Just Egg is a better egg for you and for the planet. It's healthier with no cholesterol and less saturated fat and it's more sustainable just egg uses less water and generates fewer carbon emissions most importantly it's delicious for our listeners who operate a food service establishment you can get a sample for free head to ju.st slash hrn that's ju.st slash hrn Just Egg makes a delicious plant-based addition to any menu. It's available as a liquid scramble. Great for omelets, frittatas, stir-fries, and French toast. There's also a frozen pre-baked folded version that's ideal for filling breakfast sandwiches or topping salads. Chef Jose Andres calls Just Egg mind-blowing, and Bon Appetit says, It's so good, I feel guilty eating it. Put the fastest-growing egg brand on your menu. Get a free sample of Just Egg for your restaurant at ju.st slash hrn. Hi, I'm Courtney. Ali is away this week. I'm here with Marissa, our general manager here at Haven's Kitchen, and we're talking about all of our experience working closely uh, with the founder and how we got here. And more importantly, what it has been like to pivot the business in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I also want to talk, Marissa, a little bit about your, I know we touched on it earlier, but your your love or your uh, your passion for uh, being a great manager. And I think you have, and I speak from personal experience, you have a reputation everywhere that you go for not just being like an excellent worker and uh, somebody who's dependable and responsible and organized, um, et cetera, <laughs> et cetera, but that you are genuinely a fantastic manager. And I'm not saying that to you know make you feel good. I say it from personal experience. How did you tighten that skill? And what would you suggest to people like me who are learning how to manage mm-hmm. other people? Well, thank you, first of all. Um, <laughs> I will, I'll never forget one of my mom's like proudest moments of me was when I was 17 years old and working at Walden Books at the Meadow Glen Mall in Medford, Massachusetts. And she came to like pick me up and my boss told her that I was one of her favorite employees because I was so reliable and so gosh darn good at stacking books. (laughs) My mom to this day (laughs) still talks about this. (laughs) So I think I've had a pretty strong work (laughs) ethic from the jump. Um, 
I think it's also sort of my Virgo tendency to just want to be like, you know, perfect at, at everything. <clears throat> I've read your yes, user guides. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes, user guides. <laughs> uh, TV timeout. For those of you who don't know what a user guide is, Allie, I think, I don't know if she read a book I think it was or somebody she on the interviewed podcast. somebody. Yeah. It was somebody on the podcast. I'm so sorry if I'm not giving the right person the, the proper credit, but Allie learned about uh, this user guide tool, which is basically everybody on the team writes a little bit about themselves, how they like to communicate, what annoys them, what what they like, what other questions uh, were they what to about? do? It was what to do when I deep. am annoyed. Things that may annoy you about uh, me. Um, just you know, sort of styles of communication. It was such a helpful exercise for me. I know it was painful for some people. I hated it. <laughs> I'm so grateful now that it's over, but really it was, it was actually, I feel like I know you very well, but in reading that, like a lot of it, I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, I see it girl. And other parts I was like, Oh, yeah. I get it now. Like I, I, I know you and I see what you do and how you react, but to be able to read it in your own words, I think was super uh, helpful. And I feel like I know you even better and almost like how to yeah. like, quote unquote, handle you. I felt the same way. Um, like it, it's, it sort of, um, it explained a lot of things for me. And I think it helped me recognize that like, there are like, we are human and that we are all well, walking through the world in a particular sort of manner and style. And that doesn't go away when you show up for work. Um, and I think it helped me sort of recognize that there are particular styles of communication across the team that are easily sort of adapted to if you just sort of understand where it's coming from. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, I really enjoyed the exercise. Oh. It, it was like, like I said, it was kind of painful for me. Uh, but like in going, like I was even, I don't know who I was saying this to earlier today. I refer to it in my yeah. personal life. Like in my, in my yeah. relationship, I'm like, oh, I am like this, or I, I, or I reacted this way, or I'm communicating this way because mm -hmm. I feel this way. Like it, it almost like forced me to stop and really be present with where yes. that emotion comes from and how it affects my communication style and ultimately yep. my work output. Anyway, sorry <laughs> for the segue. Important segue. Back um, on track. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I... To be honest, a, a lot of sort of my recent approaches to my management style or sort of what I've kind of crafted comes from a mentor that I had at Fresh Direct. Um, shout out to Gaurav. I'm going to have to make him listen to this now. Um, <laughs> whoop, whoop. Um, but he, he used the term uh, service leader with me very early mm -hmm. on. Um, and you know, having not gone to business school or management school, it was a very new term for me. Um, uh, but the approach is, is generally, you know, how, how do I enable my direct reports to make decisions faster and easier? How do I make their lives easier? Um, how do I remove roadblocks from them? How do I build out processes and tools to make their job more enjoyable and satisfying? So that's kind of my approach. I think what I've also recognized is that um, you don't necessarily need to be the loudest and boldest in the room to be a strong leader or manager. Um, and so really kind of um, getting more comfortable with my approach to listening and how I kind of um, sort of compute things or understand things and asking for that kind of space and environment. And so for me, as a manager, you know, I find it really helpful to have weekly touch bases. But outside of that, sometimes I need a little bit of um, 
I'm trying to think of specific examples. Like my, my approach is very much as also as a problem solver. And so my instinct is to like fix stuff. And I think part of that is the mm-hmm. Virgo in me. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think recently I've, I've tried to kind of unpack that in a little way to not always kind of default to providing somebody with the answer, but... Mm-hmm providing them with potential paths for them to find the answer on their own um, Mm -hmm. has been my approach. And I think with, you know, we've recently expanded our team. Yeah. Yeah. Which has been. We've doubled, almost doubled, right? Um, And so that has been very new for us and for as Haven's Kitchen. Um, And I think it has, you know, it has prompted me to kind of really reflect on the type of manager that I am. And, you know, I, I think I, again, it, you know, it, it really, it goes back to my work that I've been doing to be a better communicator and, um, being very clear in expectations being very clear in, you know, job responsibilities and being empathetic to people and recognizing that, you know, my working style is not necessarily the same working style as my direct reports. My communication style is not the same as my direct reports. Um, And, you know, also a level of like compassion and understanding. Like we are going through some ridiculous shit as a you know as a as a world collective universe Um, yeah and even when this wasn't going on just you know having compassion and empathy and um recognizing that like not everybody is going to be a high performer all the time and you know having compassion for that and forgiveness and um you know on on the flip side like providing people with like validation and recognition. And, um, now I feel like I'm rambling, but like, I've, you know, no, but I, I hear you. Cause I feel like it particularly as women, and I feel like both of us have gravitated towards jobs that have put us on teams mm-hmm. of all women. Well, now we have our mm-hmm. first boy on the Haven's mm-hmm. kitchen team. Um, and, but I think, you know, when you're on a team of mostly women, there is like this imposter syndrome that is there, like silently just creeping in the background, just like around every corner. And it's a constant battle to remind, we have to like remind each other that you can toot your own horn. You can brag a little bit. You Mm -hmm. can do this. Like you are qualified. You are doing a good job. And yeah, and, so, and and it's you know I I now I'm in a, mm. in a managerial role. This is some of my first um, managerial. And I think experience. it's been challenging, and, you know, right? Already, like you've you've sort of questioned yeah. your style a little bit. Yeah, and you and I we talk about like you know I talk to you about this all the time. Like, am I am I approaching mm. this the right way? Um, you know, how can I you know best serve really my direct reports? Like, am I giving them? the, the validation that they need. And, you know, I think, I think it's a little underrated that, that Mm. praise, that validation, that like, you know, cheerleading style, um, it doesn't work for every company or for every person. Uh, but I think, I don't know, I've, I've, I've found it really encouraging, you know, in, in, in how Mm -hmm. I work in my work style. And, and I'm, I feel like you and I are really opposite. Yeah. I think we (laughs) we approach managing very differently, uh, which is interesting because I think the, you know, we've, we've been in a situation where I was your manager and it Mm -hmm. worked out well enough that we, (laughs) we, we never want to not work with each other again. Um, but I think, you know, your, your approach to managing a team is very different from mine, but I think we very much learn from each other. And I think it, you know, it it goes back to some of the stuff that we did for the, the user guide of like 
how do you build trust? How do you hold people accountable? Mm -hmm. How do you communicate with your team? And there's never going to be a one right way. Um, I think as long as it's sort of grounded in that, that, you know, that humanity and that empathy and that strong communication, there's many different ways to, to sort of go about it. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm an over communicator. I talk about everything. <laughs> I have a feeling and I'm like, I need to unpack it, Marissa. I need to talk about my feelings such a good right listener. <laughs> you really are the best. <laughs> uh, and it's just like, I, I'm for everything. If I, and you know, if I yes. see something and you, I, 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 I want, yes. I want to talk to you and like, you know, you seem down. Are you okay? Which I've had to learn Courtney, not everybody wants to talk about the damn feelings. <laughs> And yeah. that's okay. And I think part of the work that I've done mm-hmm. in therapy is like silence is yes. not a bad thing. Calm is not a bad thing. And I think, you know, my energy has really helped in my work style because I get a lot mm. done. I'm, I'm all about like high performance mm-hmm. all the time. And I think being a manager has helped me mm. slow down yeah. for a second. Because like you said, not everybody is going to go at the same pace or communicate the same way. And part of my job is yes, to get the best work out of them, but also to help them be better at what they're doing and, and help them grow. Like if, if, if my direct report gets a promotion or, you know, gets, you know, more responsibility or is accomplishing great things, like that's, I, for me, it's been like a source of, Mm -hmm. of pride and it's been, it's been a really fun yeah. experience. Uh, for I mean, me I personally. said to you when we were working at Fresh Direct, you are a direct reflection of my ability to manage and support <laughs> you. <laughs> so yeah, I, I recognize that, you know, you, you want to see people flourish. Mm-hmm. And I even remember, don't get mad at me for <laughs> telling the story, but <laughs> I remember when I first started reporting to you, you know, I would ask you, I was like communicating with buyers for their first time. And I was like, Hey, Marissa, does this email look good? And I remember one time you were just like, you, you, you were like, Oh, let, let me, if you want, just flip it to me and I'll send and I can send the email. And I remember being like, no, no, I, yeah. I want to send the email. Like, and then you were like, okay, I, I totally hear you. And then I remember the next time I asked you, hey, can you look at this email? You were like, why? You got it. Like, you know what you're doing. You don't need me to proofread yeah. your email. And I remember being like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, I feel like it was one of the first moments where we both kind of like taught yes. each other something like really, yes, really meaningful. Absolutely. Uh, and things that we were both struggling yep. with at the yep. time. You needed more um, confidence. I needed to not immediately want to fix something. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Boom. And look at us now. Complete. <laughs> it's so funny. When I read your user guide, I think I even, I even put it in like the Slack general. I was like, it is a miracle that like, how do we not hate each other? Because we are, we are. so opposite. You're such a yeah. rule follower. And I'm like, spill <laughs> yes. the rules. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go with what feels like fun. <laughs> totally. Oh uh, my gosh. Oh, what a, uh, yeah. a crazy time. So uh, what's been the most fun since you've joined in uh, January Ooh, 2019? Gosh, um, the most fun. I think l- learning, um, to be honest, learning some of the sales stuff has been really fun. I think sort of seeing the other side of the desk and... Um, I've, I've had very little actual sales calls because, you know, we have a a team of salespeople who are amazing at what they do. Um, but Mm -hmm. I got my, my first chance to actually participate and lead a sales call the other day. And I was a little nervous going into it. And I thought to myself, (laughs) oh gosh, like this is, this is how, how brands feel sort of going into this and having been a buyer on the other side, Um, I just sort of thought to myself, well, who, like, who gives a shit? Like, this is just a person on the other side who's trying to do their job. And I'm just here to tell them Haven's Kitchen is amazing. And I want to make your job easier. And if you like our products, great. Uh, And if you don't, well, then it wasn't meant to be. (laughs) (laughs) Just sort of like (laughs) blessing and releasing. Um, But I think what was really fun was like, I could see 
in the buyer's eyes, like when they twinkled, like I knew I was saying the right thing. And I think being able to like pull from my experience as a buyer and know what was the right thing to say was really, I I had a lot of pride coming out of that meeting. Um, And it was, it was fun because I knew it was a challenge going into it. Well, the rest of the team was also yeah, super I got proud snapped. of me because <laughs> we heard about it and we were like, you're damn right, Marissa Slade. <laughs> Didn't expect anything less. So, I mean, you you were also, what, one of the first people to join Haven's Kitchen Sauce. <laughs> um, I would imagine you've yeah. had some scary and stressful moments. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean... Scary and stressful moments when, you know, March 2020, yeah. like the rest of the freaking world, it was scary yeah. um, and it was stressful. But I guess one of the biggest takeaways from from being in on the sauce team is it kind of reminds me of being a I, I thought I think I brought this up to you the other day. It kind of reminds me of being an experienced mm. home cook with like really not, you haven't gone to the grocery store in a few days, but you have a couple of like hand goods, essentials and some condiments and maybe a pouch of sauce or something, right? And you're, you're tired and you're exhausted and you're hungry, but you have mm-hmm. the skills. You have the skill set to make a meal. And whether that's with a can of tuna and some sauce, you know, a handful of rice, a quick salad with whatever you have on hand, I don't know, a jar of marinated artichokes, <laughs> yeah. whatever. And if you have this skill set, you can make a you can make a meal and mm-hmm. you can feed yourself and you can feed your family. And I feel like that has been um, a, like a metaphorical wrap up of what my time mm-hmm. at Haven's Kitchen has been like. We have not always known what we needed to do or how we were going to do it but we have the skill set and we have a dedicated team that is willing to figure shit out. And ultimately I feel like every time we come across a stressful or a scary hurdle or a challenge, we always put a meal on the table. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's been fun so far. Yeah. I'm excited for, for the years to come because I feel like it's about it's only about to get crazy Mm -hmm. better um and bigger and more exciting um wow so Marissa yes Courtney could you or do you have um any advice for working directly with a founder ooh um I just like, I don't know if you can hear, I'm sorry. I have a party going on in the yes. back alley of my house. <laughs> I, hear, I hear. <laughs> they are they're, really yeah, jazzed they're about excited something. for us to, <laughs> to wrap up this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to We really do have to wrap up because I need to know what is happening. I also Ooh. smell some barbecue. Like who's barbecuing on Monday on a full, yes. I don't know, but I want to be there. <laughs> um, uh, your advice, Bird. My, my advice for working with a founder. Um, you know, I, I think, I think what has been, um, you know, this is, this is time for me to gush about Allie, I think. Um, but I think what makes her such a good boss is that empathy, um, that (laughs) communication, um, I am never afraid to tell her no. And, and I think that is because we have developed a really strong trusting relationship. And, you know, my, my role is to, I think, you know, you, you talked about this earlier, but as a founder, she is going to have the sort of pie in the sky, very high level idea generating. That is just, that is her role. And Mm-hmm. Yes. And job. our role is to either one, figure out how to just make it work 
or two, tell her no. And, um, and it's really, it's, it's to protect the business, right? Because she is, she's in the idea generating space and we are in the, how do we take this and actually put it into a functional working ecosystem? And we are working with limited resources, time, money, Mm -hmm. people. And so every idea can't come to fruition. And so my role Mm -hmm. is to really understand sort of the business impact and the value of the choices that we're making. Um, and I've, this is, this is honestly the first time I've worked so closely with the founder and have had such a great relationship with the founder that, um, we can have these kind of conversations and I, and I don't have to be afraid of saying no. And, I can welcome sort of conflict and tension and feedback and know that it's not anything personal. And that's not just for Allie, but, you know, I think across the team, we're not always going to agree on something, but we have respect for other people and that we will hear them out and it can be a dialogue. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there is a, a runway to be able to make decisions, uh, without fear of, of making a bad choice and knowing that we're kind of all Mm -hmm. protecting each other so that, you know, we won't, we won't let somebody sort of fall off into the deep end, you know? Um, what, what about you? What have some of your learnings been in? Um, I've worked with Mm. two founders, at this point, I was Allie say, and my here dad. comes your dad again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my father. Um, and they, uh, it's, I don't even, I can't even like articulate any sort of out, like outright mm-hmm. advice uh, other than information yeah. sharing, going back to that, you know. When I, when Allie comes to me with an idea, sometimes it's just Mm -hmm. doing my research and, you know, letting her know what my overall thoughts are. And I think similarly to you, like, I'm not afraid to share with her what they are. And, um, I think being honest and clear, most importantly, is really being clear with what what we think the impacts mm-hmm. of the, uh, to the business will be, but also, um, if we can yes. do it effectively, you know, and I think, like you said, we're, we're a pretty lean team and it happens often where like, we're talking about an absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic idea, but we don't, we don't have the, the, you know, enough people mm-hmm. to execute it. So maybe this has to yeah. be parked for a few months until we figure out how to do it. Um, so really just, Honesty, mm-hmm. communication, clarity. Yep. Um, so pretty much everything you just said. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you, thank you Marissa, Courtney. my my dear. I I can't wait till I can I hug you yes. in person. I miss you I miss so you much. Um, I mean, Miss Allie. It, oh my God, I miss She's Allie been gone so for much. Four She's days. Away. Oh my goodness. It feels like an eternity. Allie, if you're listening, come home. We miss you. Uh, But she will be back next week with another episode of In the Sauce. I want to thank Amanda, our wonderful engineer, who has so wonderfully guided Marissa and I through this unknown virtual podcasting um, journey. And before we go, today is Allie's birthday. And as a little tribute to our wonderful, fearless leader, we have a little recording for you, Allie. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday, Allie. Hi, Allie. It's Clara sending you some love and aloha from Hawaii. Wanted to wish you a very happy birthday. I hope you have a wonderful day and looking forward to many more to come. Happy birthday, my dear Allie. I love you so, 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 so much. And I'm so happy and I'm so proud to be working with you and uh, to be part of this really awesome company. 
You are genuinely, truly one of my favorite people. And I wish you so much happiness and health and joy in this next year of your life. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful birthday. Love, Courtney. Hi, Allie. Wishing you the absolute happiest of birthdays. I hope your day is filled with rest and love and light and, of course, phenomenal food. You are such an inspiration. It is such an honor to work with you. Thank you so much for sharing your gifts with us. I hope you're somewhere with a cocktail in hand right now, celebrating the incredible woman that you are. Again, happiest of birthdays. Love, Fudge. Happy birthday, Allie. Thank you for being our fearless and inspiring leader and for pushing us forward every single day. I'm so grateful to have joined the Havens team and have loved every minute of it. Um, you know, can't wait to see what's next, but in the meantime, I hope you have an amazing day and an even better year ahead. Hi, Ali, it's Kendall. Just wanted to say happy birthday and thank you so much for all that you do, for making delicious sauces and for being such a wonderful boss and person in general. I hope you have a great day. Bye. Hey, Ali, it's Marissa. I wanted to wish you a happy birthday. I am so thankful to call you my boss, to call you my friend. You are one of the warmest, most generous, thoughtful people I know. I'm very, very grateful um, that I've had the opportunity to get to know you and I wish you all of the best in the coming year. I hope you have time to celebrate with your family and your friends and I hope you feel all of the appreciation and love. Happy birthday. En este día especial quiero felicitar a mi patrona Alison. Usted como es y desearle mucha felicidad en el día de su cumpleaños, que sea de mucha paz, alegría y felicidad junto a su familia y de todos ustedes queridos. Son los deseos de Marcelino Batista. Hi, Allie. It's Rebecca. I wanted to wish you a very happy birthday. I hope you enjoy a little sunshine and some relaxation. You're an inspiring leader, a wonderful mother, and a generous and open-hearted person. You lead with compassion and are also straightforward in the best way. <laughs> Haven's Kitchen truly lives up to the name as you've created a safe and open working environment for everyone who stepped foot into your world. You deserve everything you wish for and more. Happy birthday. Hi, Allie. It's Maddie. Happy, happy birthday. I have been so blessed to have you as a boss and a mentor and a friend the last three years. It's um, been an incredible experience working for Haven's Kitchen and working for you and you lead with such grace and you inspire us every day. I hope you have caviar and chips and delicious food um, to bring in this new year. Bye. In the Sauce is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.